Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. You know, as a child, when my family and I went to visit my Grammy Trumbull in Englewood, New Jersey, I would always ask to sleep in her room. My grandfather had passed, but she still had twin beds in her room. The bed I slept in was closest to the wall. And every morning when I awakened, I would look at this wonderful picture of Jesus holding out his hands, and he had the kindest face that radiated love. And he was looking right at me. I grew up with that image of the perfect Jesus, a Jesus who never felt stress and always lovingly handled any and all challenges. But in Matthew's Gospel today, I think we learn a little bit about a different Jesus. As Matthew's Gospel progresses, you get the sense of the stress in Jesus growing in intensity, and we see that it is beginning to take a toll on him. So let's step back and take a look at the events leading up to our gospel reading this morning. At the end of Matthew's 13th chapter, Jesus returned to Nazareth, the place that he grew up, and uh, it didn't go well. Instead, the community, they refused to see that he had grown up and that they resented that Jesus believed that he was given a high calling by God. They resisted his teachings and healings, and imagine how awful that must have been for Jesus to feel that rejection from the people he grew up with and loved. Think about that for a minute. Have any of you ever received that kind of a response from people that you cared about? Maybe so. So you know that he felt very hurt. And in the 14th chapter, Jesus received the awful news that his friend John had been executed. And after hearing this, Jesus understandably sought time to be alone, rest, and grieve. But that wasn't possible. Oh, no. No. Instead, shortly after hearing the news of John's execution, he's greeted and called to serve the needs of 5,000 people. And I would suspect these are all pretty uh, stressful and demanding experiences. Additionally, let's not forget about the meeting that Jesus had with the religious authorities. Now, you know, that didn't go too well either. Uh, the authorities thought that um, they were concerned because Jesus' followers were not washing their hands before eating. Why weren't they following the law? Did they think that they didn't have to follow the Jewish laws? In response, Jesus told them, defilement isn't something <clears throat> whether or not you keep kosher laws perfectly, 
And it's not about what you put in your mouth. Instead, defilement is about what you put in your heart. And Jesus said that the heart of the law is to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Following dietary laws, quoting the Bible verbatim, is not what Jesus' teachings are all about. So after these experiences, understandably, Jesus is looking for some peace and quiet. And he goes to Tyre and Sidon. And let me tell you why this, this was such a great place to have a retreat. This was Gentile territory. And since Jesus was a Jew, and we know that Gentiles and Jews kept their distance from each other, he could finally expect to be alone, but that didn't happen, did it? No. A Canaanite woman who lived in the region and had heard of Jesus' healing powers found out where he was and confronted him, crying out, have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a deacon, by a demon. Maybe a deacon too. <laughs> Don't you find it interesting that she called him son of David? Up to this time, the term had not been used. And here we have an unclean outsider who demonstrates a better grasp of Jesus' identities than his own disciples do. And what was Jesus thinking? Oh my gosh, I can't get any rest. So just like with the crowd of 5,000, his disciples, although well-intended, they're, they're encouraging him to send the woman on her way. And Jesus' first response was to ignore her, which I find pretty arrogant, and then responded with, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. To paraphrase, Jesus is saying that he hasn't come for the Canaanite woman, or the Canaanites, or the Gentiles, or any of these people, other people, because that's not why he's here. Jesus' understanding of his call was, sorry, a rule is a rule. Now just move on. And to add insult to this poor woman that day, he responded insultingly, referring to her as a dog and telling her, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. In other words, it's not right for me to give you what I've come to bring the children of Israel because you're not one of them. So it wouldn't be right for me to engage you in this conversation or even to approach what it is that you're asking me before because you're not one of them. No, the miracles of the feeding and the walking on water, the miraculous healing, they're not for you. They're only for Jews. But she was a mom, and we know moms. We don't give up. She was on a mission, and she stopped him in his tracks, and probably was even in his face. He may have been a bit frustrated, but her response really took him away. 
she says something like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, I get it. I hear what you're saying, but I'm not asking for a loaf of bread. I'm not even asking for a loaf of good bread. What I'm asking for is a crumb. Because you know, even a crumb is what the dogs get. So whether you consider me a dog or whatever, because I'm outside the group, all I need is a crumb from you. And Jesus responded, great is your faith. And her daughter was healed. I think this was a really pivotal, important moment in Jesus's ministry because he really learned what the job was going to be. Jesus was moved by the faith that this woman had. And listen, he's not moved by the fact that she's a Canaanite or that she's an outsider and doesn't have a lengthy pedigree that she can trace back generations to the Jewish faith. No, no, she had faith. And this woman seems to understand what the members of the household of Israel had yet to grasp, that Jesus is not just hope for Israel, but hope for the world. Now, earlier with my story, I talked to you um, a little bit about the Pharisees and the scribes, about what is clean and unclean. Yet, what came out of the Canaanite woman's heart was love. And with a faith so pure, how could she be considered unclean? In the beginning, I, I talked about my idea of the perfect image of Jesus, uh, being a six-year-old and waking up to find Jesus looking at me like this. And how I just thought, that, that is the perfect Jesus. Well, our gospel reading shows me that Jesus was a man who struggled with stress and challenges, just like us every day, okay? Yet, he was willing to learn, and he was willing to grow and see life from a deeper perspective. The experience with the Canaanite woman exposed Jesus to his true calling and ministry of providing outsiders with not a, not a crumb of bread, but rather a seat at the table. Amen. <laughs>